Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 19, 2019, and we are in the third week of July. And there is, there's certainly a lot of variables at play in the marketplace. So, you guys are going to need unbiased guidance and opinions, and that's fine because that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm hoping to give you to talk about those various variables that are at play in the marketplace. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you'll call, because you guys drive the show. You take it wherever you want to go. You shape it. And you can take advantage of that by asking any questions you want, as long as they're financial. And remember, our goal is always the same, to help you achieve financial freedom. Now, financial freedom means different things to different people and I know what it means to me um, I have knocked on wood have achieved financial freedom so I get to do what I want to do now and that's what it's all about From you, for you to stop doing what you have to do and then go be able to do what you want to do because you don't have to worry about earning money per se don't have to worry about it. you have the financial freedom to make your other choices now, today, in this hour, we'll be talking about that. I'm going to help you move along that path to that financial freedom goal. And so, there's lots of things we're going to discuss. But, of course, your calls come first. And I'm taking your calls live right now, 888-99-CHART. My main talking point, five ways to invest in real estate if you're not rich. You still can invest in real estate. And we're talking about some ETFs that might be of interest, five of them different parts of the real estate market. I got other things we're going to talk about. Um, how about um, one of the Federal Reserve uh, Federal Reserve uh, uh, President of Boston says we don't need a rate increase. And he's a voting member on the panel. Remember, the Federal Reserve is 12 districts, but only 9 of the 12 vote, and they rotate. Three of them don't vote every year, and they keep they rotate them. So he's one of the nine. Four cities you would like, maybe, maybe you would like to live in. Now, four cities that your Social Security check will cover housing costs. How about that? Four cities. And uh, I think I could handle two of them, I think. We'll talk about that. Also, um, whatever else is on your mind, what do you guys want to discuss? Um, you know, there was those tankers being being uh, taken by Iran. Do you think that's not going to affect oil prices? There's four of them so far. So um, I, I think that could be a, a pretty impact, a pretty big impact if that keeps up. Something is going to happen there, and that may affect the market. So something, I think, you know, we've had earnings, earnings report, and I know you've seen them, and we'll talk about those. Uh, a couple of them came out, and I got some news bits that we'll discuss on that. So, uh, the market was up today. I mean, the market was down today. It was up all morning, 
but it ended up being down. Dow down 69, the uh, Nasdaq down 61, so the Nasdaq was leading percentage-wise on the downside, and the S&P down 19. So this has been a week of giving back, despite having some pretty good, uh, pretty good earnings news. It was kind of giving back. Well, because last week there was pretty good market week and number of indexes made new highs. Not the Russell 2000. I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on that. Russell 2000 wasn't even close to the to a high. Russell 2000 is small cap stocks. The S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ 100, those all made new highs or right at or a little bit above new highs last week. And they... Was and I mentioned last week that this week we probably give some of that back, and we did not a lot, that's some. So that was the market today. That's what I had planned on the show. So, what do you guys want to discuss? So, now let's go ahead and go to our anytime listener line number 888 99 chart. Hi, this is Brian from Orlando calling about utilities, which have had a pretty good run here the last six or eight months. And just wondering if utilities are still a good place to hang out while we wait for the economic downturn. And I'm looking particularly at the Southern Company. Thank you. Okay, so obviously you have been listening to me back in the beginning of the year when I said utilities would probably be a good place to be. Now that they've made a strong run, it's harder for me to say that. I mean, at the beginning of the year, the Southern Company headquarters out of Atlanta, Georgia. It's a holding company engaged in generation, transmission, and distribution of electricity in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Mississippi. Um, We happen to own this one in our managed accounts, by the way, Uh, some of our managed accounts. Um, Back in December, this was trading at $42 a share. Today, it's at 55, and it pays a 4.5% yield at $55 $55 a share. So it was better back then. And I only mention that because they're good defensive stocks. Good defensive stocks. If the market's going to be choppy this year, which obviously has been choppy, it had, you know, worse December, which was last year, then rose, then came back, and now rose again. I think it's going to give us another correction here shortly. I think it will be choppy. Utilities are a good place to be because everybody needs utilities. Always. And if you just sit on the dividend, you know, that's a great thing. I'm, I'd probably wait. It got as high as about almost made $57 shares at fifty five twenty seven today. It looks like you're going to get a nice little pullback, and that'll give you an opportunity to get into it. It's a good defensive place to be. Okay? You're listening to Invest, Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. You and I both know that no one can really accurately predict the market, right? No one can. It's impossible. There's no crystal ball. Well, that means you had to get prepared in other ways. One, you know, especially for volatility. And one of it is to keep keep make sure your portfolio is balanced, not overloaded any one thing. You can you can lean on a certain sector or whatever, but don't get too overloaded. Any one stock, any one sector. So maybe it's time to let you let me or Justin help you balance that portfolio. You can contact us at KPP Financial, our office in Irvine. California and be happy to do it. Remember, I will return to San Jose. I'm going to be there on July 31st, and my appointment for that con- uh, consultation trip is just about to have one slot left. But I do have exciting news for our listeners in the New York City area. I haven't been back there in a number of years. I'm coming to Manhattan on September 19th. I already have a couple of people registered. 
you need to register before they run out. That's way back, way out there September 19th, giving you plenty of time. But uh, once I'm full, I'm full. So go to uh, investtalk.com to register. Send me an email. And please tell your investor friends about my in-person New York consultation. I would appreciate that. I'm paying questions live, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, some news, some um, some facts. Gold. Did you see that? Gold went to six-year high. It's at a six-year high right now, six-year high at $1,441 an ounce. That's another position we talked about earlier in the year that would be a, this would be a good year. And gold has done well. Oil was at 55.63, up another, I don't know, uh, after the close right now, it's at 55.74 a barrel. You know how much oil is in a barrel, everybody? Everybody thinks it's a 55-pound, 55 55-gallon uh, 55 drum is a barrel oil. Nope, it's 43. A barrel usually is 55 gallons, but not when it comes to oil. It's 43, something like that. Okay. Bitcoin, $10,389. Please stay away from it. I always bring it up because everybody's interested, but I'm, I don't want you to invest in it. And you know that inflation's at zero, basically. There is almost no inflation. None. And we still have record unemployment at a 50-year low. 50-year low. Don't you think, don't you, does anybody else find that amazing? I kind of do. What I really find amazing is the number of people collecting unemployment claims. And, you know, it's 220,000, I think, was this week's number. And, you know, it's been considered over time that anything under 300,000, I mean, we're going back 20, 20, 30, 40 years, anything under 300,000 is a good number. Well, when it goes back that far, you would think the number would rise would still be a good number because we have a lot more people, a lot more employed but it's not. We're still using the same number, you know, of unemployment claims, of weekly unemployment claims. If it's under three hundred thousand, that's a good number. Well, gee, maybe it should be higher as a good number. Anyways, just something I noted. Probably worthless. The consumer sentiment reading came out, was released today. Did you see that? Consumer sentiment for for July was at one hundred and eleven point one. That's still very high. And that's important. That's a you know, if you remember right, we started the year at a 17-year high for consumer sentiment. I'm not a big consumer sentiment statistic person. That I pay attention to it that much. But it's but it's important. The consumer himself is very important. But because that sentiment number to me, sometimes they take that survey right after some big event, and the sentiment number goes down for no other reason. I'm more concerned with what the consumer is spending. What are they actually, are they actually opening their wallet? Well, a good consumer sentiment number, of course, will lead you to assume that they are spending. Because spending is what drives our economy, the consumer spending. So that's why I mentioned earlier in the week the four, four-tenths of a percent increase in, in, uh, in consumer spending or retail sales, sales, retail sales for July was, uh, June was a good number. That means you're still spending good number. 
Microsoft hit a all-time high, all-time high, and their stock is now at a trillion-dollar market cap. Now, remember, we've had Apple at a trillion, then it fell back. We had Amazon at a trillion, then it fell back, and now we have Microsoft at a trillion. Will it fall back? The earnings report came out. That's what drove Microsoft up today. Uh, they made $125 billion in profit fiscal year 2019. Where was the big growth for Microsoft? Cloud revenue up 39%. Microsoft makes three times the profit of Amazon. Don't you find that interesting? Now, Microsoft kind of reinvented itself. Remember they used to sell those box software, you know, Microsoft Office, and you buy it, CDs or whatever, and you put it in, and that's how they made their money. That was their main driver. They don't do that anymore, okay? They, they now are thriving in the cloud business, and now the software is more of a subscription service. So Microsoft profit margins are five, six times that of their competitors, so that Office 365 just a, is almost a monopoly out there. Remember the 1990s when you bought those titles or boxes and stuff? Well, now you pay a fee, a service fee, an annual license fee. So now they have repeat money coming in, the same software. So, anyways. BJ, we, I'm, we're coming up on a hard break here. I need to, but if you hold on, we'll be happy to get to you after the break. You want to talk about life insurance. I'm pretty fairly familiar with life insurance since I used to be in that business. So we'll talk about that. So hold on, BJ. This is InvestTalk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you've been listening to InvestTalk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. I've said this many times. And as a first step to finding what that is, you can go to our website. We'll be happy to define your comfort zone, your risk, personal risk tolerance. You know, uh, it's, it's a free online tool at investtalk.com. It's called Riskalyze. It's a ri- short risk questionnaire. You can do it. It's pretty simple. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free Invest Talk Insider program on investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. So Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose, California on July 31st. Then, on September 19th, Steve will be in New York City to conduct his no-cost, personalized portfolio reviews. So if you live anywhere in the New York area, mark September 19th on your calendar and register early at investtalk.com. But for now, Steve is here taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to BJ in Fremont, life insurance. How you doing, BJ? Being good, Steve. Uh, thank you. Uh, you have a great show, and thanks for your help, okay? 
Thank you. So, um, yeah, so the, um, you know, this is for term life insurance. So what do you think is, um, is there a way to calculate how much uh, term life insurance, you know, somebody needs? Um, I know there yes. are some, like, simple calculations. Yeah, there's some formulas. How- yeah. Well, there's nothing really scientific about it, but there are there are there are formulas. Uh, I'm I'm a big believer in term life, and I I don't know if you know that, but I'm not a big believer in universal life, a whole life who pretends to be investments when they're really supposed to be life insurance policies. But term life is so. How much life insurance should one carry? This is how you can calculate it. If you're the income earner of the family, and you okay, if you're the income earner and you do not have a family. You do not. You do not need life insurance, right? You don't need it. Why do you need it on your life if you're the only person? There's no wife or children or husband or children. You don't need it. So if you life insurance is something, if you need it, that means you usually have a family, you usually have children, and then you have to figure out. Well, do you have a mortgage? Yes. How much is it? Oh, well, it's five hundred thousand. Well, you have to have a minimum five hundred thousand, especially if you're the main income earner. So you can pay that mortgage off. If you die, your spouse can pay that off, and they don't have a mortgage. But if you have kids, you got to support them until they get out on college or past college. So how much? How much is that going to take? Maybe another five hundred thousand. Okay. Any other reasons why you should have life insurance? Well, what if your wife can't work? Uh, or a husband can't work, and they need to live and raise the children all that time. Well, how much is that going to take? Well, if you're making a hundred thousand a year, it's going to take ten more years. There's another million dollars. You see how you figure it out, BJ? That's how you figure it out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I need a million dollars. I I need million and a half dollars worth of life insurance. I need I don't need any. I only need a couple hundred thousand. What if What if your spouse makes just as much money as you do, and you don't have children? Well, probably don't necessarily need insurance except for the pay off the house that you, might, you guys might own together. Like that. That's how you figure it out, BJ. And if you don't know or you can't figure it out, give me a call. I'll go over the numbers and we'll figure it out together. How's that? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. My main talking point today concerns this story, five ways to invest in real estate. Okay, we're talking about ETS here. And different parts with this because if you're not a multi 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 millionaire, you can't buy apartment buildings and office buildings and you know rental units of some kind or storage units or whatever it is that you want to be in. But you can buy ETFs in the area that you might like. For instance, the first one here is Vanguard U.S. Real Estate ETF (VNQ). It's a symbol. Uh, Vanguard is very low price. They only charge 0.12% a year. Remember, all ETFs have an expense ratio in them. Vanguard is one of the lowest. Now, they have 190 holdings, but the problem is, is 40% of their, uh, 40% of their holdings, 40% is only in a handful of REITs. So they're not that diverse, even though they say 140. So if you want to get more diverse, you go to the Investco S&P 500 Equal Weight Real Estate ETF. And that's E-W-R-E. They have 190 holdings, all equally weighted. So it's spread across a, a wide variety. Okay. Uh, then how about the iShares Global REIT? Well, that takes you everywhere around. That takes you globally and not locally. 
Okay, um, they have about 300 different holdings. Then, how about uh, Global X Super Dividend REIT? That's completely focused on yield, getting that yield. Remember, a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, has to pay 90% of their earnings in the form of a dividend to you, the shareholder. And then if they do that, and they qualify as a REIT, and they got to be in real estate some way, they don't have to pay uh, an income tax on the corporate level. You you had to pay it because they paid it, the money to you. Okay, so and there's other REITs out there. There's mortgage REITs. There's all kinds of different REITs that you can think of that get in different parts of the real estate market. Okay, and that's how you can get into real estate without being a multi-multi-millionaire. Now, you know the Fed is meeting here July 31st. I've been talking about it. I'm sure Justin's been talking about it. Uh, and it's 100% built in that they are going to raise rates by a quarter or lower rates by a quarter point. And I say 100% because that's the, uh, the, the numbers tell us that of people, investors, when they're asked, oh, it's going to happen. Okay, so everybody believes it's going to happen. Well, Ed Rosengreen is the Boston Federal Reserve, and he is a voting member on the nine-member board, uh, 12-member board, nine of which vote. He says a rate cut is not needed. He says economic news is pretty good. We don't need it. He says Japan and ECB need it, but we don't. And he's a voting member. Is that put in doubt that we might not lower rate? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we'll still get it. Um, On Monday's Invest Talks, the five stocks are the best performing since 1969 moon landing. That's Monday. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me? For us. You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to. And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the Active 401k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, 
You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, I'm sure you realize that I'd like to give you a market trivia question once a day, so let me set this one up. Tomorrow, July 20th, is the 50-year anniversary of the U.S. Apollo 11 moon landing. Here's my market trivia question for today. If you had invested $100 in Disney stock in 1969 and let it ride all these years, how much would it be worth today? How much would it be worth today? Hmm. Okay. Since 1969, Disney stock has soared in value by 39,500%. 39,500% since 1969. That means that $100 investment in Disney shares 50 years ago, if left untouched, would now be valued at $3,500,000. That just might be enough to fund your financial freedom, right? So if you pick uh, the right core holding today, and it does that, you'll be wealthy. Just write it. Core holdings, those are the things that you hold on to your portfolio and don't sell. What defines a core holding? That gets a little bit more difficult. Let's go to Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. I was wondering about this ticker symbol IRM and whether or not now would be a good time to get into it and whether or not it's uh, slightly undervalued. Okay. This is Iron Mountain Inc. IRM. Everybody provides records management, data protection, and information destruction services. It's an $8.6 billion company, so it's pretty big. Um, they're going to make $2.55 next year. They're going to make $2.48 this year. They made $2.27 last year, $2.11 the year before, $2.02 would be a year for that. A very consistent growth of earnings. Okay. Um, right. They're out of Boston. So the sales recently have been a little bit soft, you know, one to 10% per quarter in the last two years. And recently, the most recent quarter was 1%. They haven't reported earnings yet for the, the most recent quarter. So we should see that soon. Um, this is a, this is probably the, the, it's at support right around $29, $29.50. And today it's at $30 and six cents. So this is probably a good buy point right in this area, right around $30. It pays an 8.1% okay. dividend. So that's where your focus is. That dividend is really good. Growth is okay, but it's just not tremendous. It's just decent. Well, then is it a good value? Well, $30 stock at $2.55 next year, that makes it, what, a 13 PE? And the range, a five-year range is 11 to 20. So I would say it's pretty close to be the buy point. I would think this is the buy point. Well, I would say so. Yes. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Now, if the market, if the economy goes into recession, the market will fall hard. But I also think that within the next few months, Two months, sometime during the summer, we'll start a, another correction. So I'm just warning you about that. 888-99-CHART. This is Talk. I'm Steve Peasley and we stream and broadcast Talk live at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time, 4 to 5 every day. 
And it's also available 24 hours, seven days a week via archive podcasts at investtalk.com. And of course, you can listen, subscribe, and rate Invest Talk Podcasts at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And I hope you'll tell your friends, family, and everybody else in the world. I want everybody to listen. Of course, who wouldn't, right? Because I love doing it. And now the lines are open. We're taking your financial investing questions live, 888-99-CHART. Our InvestTalk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on InvestTalk.com. 888-99-CHART, the KPP Premium Newsletter was uh, distributed today, this morning. And as you know, I put a lot of effort into that. Uh, the market conditions section, there's four sections. The first one is the market conditions sections. And I talked about the overall picture of the U.S. economy and how it was showing weakness, yet still growing. That growth has clearly decelerated, but the consumer is still confident in spending. So remember, our economy is 66 70% consumer. The job market looks strong, you know, uh, but there's other, and consumer spending is 4 tenths of percent, but there's other things, other economic numbers don't look that great. They don't. And I say that we're, I think we're headed for, heading for some tougher times ahead. I really think we are. Um, maybe for the rest of the year, I think the market is, may have already given us all the return it's going to give us. You know, and I've been saying that at the last time it went to the highs. Remember last week was it reached the highs and broached them. The last time I said, I think that's about as much as we're going to get for the year. Then we had that little correction and now all of May fell. Then uh, all of June started to get that back and topped here recently a week ago. And now it's fallen again. So that's what I'm saying. Portfolio management section. I talked about emotion. Humans are emotional beings. And the stock market, understanding the progression of the human emotional cycle, there's four things. Despair, despair, disbelief, acceptance, and euphoria. Those are the four sentiments in the market. Do you know how to understand them and play them? That's in the newsletter, people, this week. Also, of course, a couple of stock ideas, big manufacturing company, information technology systems, uh, you know, always give you a couple of stock ideas. Another one is a multi-industrial conglomerate in in, uh, stock ideas. Now, these are just ideas. These are not, go out and buy this. I love this. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, hey, take a look at this. Maybe it'd be something you want to put on your watch list. Okay, consumer watch, I talked about electric cars are far cheaper and much more efficient than gasoline power cars. And I, the pros and cons, okay. Electric cars are, use 30 to 60% less fuel conventional than conventional gasoline cars. They don't require any oil changes. They have no gaskets, no parts. They have much fewer parts than a regular gasoline engine. However, there are issues how about distance and traveling? Okay, how about when you have to replace all the batteries? I mean, that basically is the engine, all those batteries. You have to replace, them every, replace all of them every once in a while. Depending. 
And you know, how far can you go on a, on a charge? And how, how long does it take to charge? What if you're middle of nowhere? Can you charge? So there's issues. You just got to consider which one's best for you. That's the, that, There's lots of value, I think, in the KPP Premium Newsletter each week. It's easy to subscribe directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll receive a full report each Friday directly to your email box, in your inbox. Now, if this information has raised any questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out to Justin or myself at KPP Financial and call our Irvine, California office or send us an email, investtalk.com, to send it. Let's grab another question. This concerns ticker symbol AMD. Hey, this is Hogan from Valdosta, Georgia. I have a question about advanced micro devices, AMD. Uh, if you think it's a good stock to invest in, appreciate you letting take the call. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's a good stock to invest in. AMD designs microprocessors, embedded media graphics processing, and chipsets for computers and consumer services. But I also think it's too expensive maybe at this point. You've had a really good run. It's near its top at $32.51. That's where it topped before twice this year, twice in the last 12 months, I should say. Uh, once in September of last year, and then again in June, and now here again in July. Uh, it's going to make a dollar three. It's a $32 stock. So that's what, a 32 PE going forward? And sales in the most recent quarter fell 23%. So the question is, um, is it too expensive and you're too late to the game to be a buyer? I think it's a good stock to have, but I wouldn't buy it at this point, at this price. I would not. Return equity is very good at 55%. Mutual funds have been buyers. That's what helps drive the stock up. And, you know, they spend a lot of money in R&D, which I like, 22% of their income. So there's good things about it, and that's why I like it. And that's why I said it should be part of your portfolio, but not necessarily at this price. Okay. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. Okay. I have an email question, um, a couple of them actually. One was uh, about a 401k. The, the, the guy said he had a target dated fund and uh, he wanted to know uh, in the other fund, in the fund, the funds that he had, should he, he's 20 years old, should he change and become more conservative because of a, a, a forthcoming recession? And the answer is probably not because you're trying to ch- you're trying to time the market. Don't do that when in a 401k. If you're investing money every pay period, just keep investing it over time. As the market goes down, yes, your value will go down. But think in terms of, hey, I'm buying these mutual funds at a lower price. Think in those terms rather than because you're 20 years old. You've got forever. When you're young, you've got years and years and years. So you can kind of ignore the dips and recessions until you get closer to like 50 years old, then it's a little bit more difficult just to ignore them. But generally speaking, generally speaking, when you're young, just keep investing. Keep in, stay in the market. Because no one knows, you're trying to tie the market, no one knows when it's going to go down. I don't know. No one knows that. Okay. Thank you for the question. I have another one here um, I can get to. Uh, he's another 20-year-old. So I don't know why a lot of 20-year-olds are sending me, send me information. He's from UCSD. 
And he wanted to know, uh, I'm curious what you think about IBM and PSA. Also, I'm wondering if it's a good time to buy early morning or evening. It doesn't matter what time of the day you buy. That's not what's important. That what you can you can do like I do, and I look at minute charts during the day to try to get the best price during the day. But that's more that's more for the professional guy trying to add, put, add a, you know thousands upon thousands of shares. Whereas individual, it really doesn't make that much of a difference in the long run. It really doesn't. Um, and I, you know. I, I, IBM is a good long-term hold. Uh, we'll talk about, I like PSA a little bit better because I think it's a little bit more interesting. That's a public storage company. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that acquires and owns, operates 2,400 self-storage facilities. The reason why I'm even bringing it up because I like the REIT. It pays a 3.3% dividend yield, which is not big, but man, they are super consistent the stock is very, very consistent over time. So I do think that's a good one to be in. Uh, it's a $42 billion company. It's not small. But I think you might be late to the game at this point. I mean, only a few months ago, it was $200 stock. And now it's 244 a few months ago. I, I think you wait for the pullback. It pulled back in June a little bit. I think you wait for that second pullback and then you buy it. It does not have a lot of debt, which is great. Remember, it's a REIT. They don't have hardly any debt. So that means, you know, they're not dependent on what direction interest rates go. So <clears throat> I do like it for a long term. But, not, you know, not just this right this minute. Okay, so those are my two emails. I've done my job there, so I don't have to worry about those anymore. There is a there is a four hundred billion sector we haven't talked about much about. We had us haven't. Space captures everyone's imagination. Now there is a new space play for investors. Space. The Procure Space ETF, symbol UFO. I thought that was funny. The inaugural fund launched by innovative exchange traded product ETP issuer. Uh, recently celebrated three months of trading, launched in April on April 11th with ticker symbol UFO. It is the world's first ETF to offer investors pure play exposure to global space economy. Now, it doesn't mean you should buy it, by the way, just because it's in space. You want to find out what makes up that stock, that ETF. What's in it? It's heavily weighted in satellite stocks. And includes 31 stocks at the moment. Find out what all 31 stocks do, including, you know, Intostat, uh, Sirius XM. I don't know. That's, I guess, a space. Dish Network, that kind of thing. So find out about it. Find out more about it. But if that's what you're interested in, they're, they're coming out with all these different pieces of the market and these ETFs. You can buy almost anything these days with an ETF. Very, uh, and I think that's going to continue. I really do. <clears throat> Remember, I got four cities that you can afford to live in on your Social Security. We're going to talk about that. Okay, so four cities. And I'm going to give you the rents in those four cities. One-bedroom apartments, just to give you an idea of how much it costs. So that's coming up in a minute. 
This is Investalk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, always the same, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break, I promise. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, five stocks that are the best performers since the 1969 moon landing. One stock has skyrocketed by 82,000%. That story Monday. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. I just have a question for you for Facebook, ticker symbol FB. Facebook recently paying the FTC fine of $5 billion. I was wondering if you think their stock has more room to run because of them paying that fine. Thank you, and I look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Well, actually, I do. I'm not keen on Facebook. Facebook is my least of the big tech stocks. And one of the reasons is because they have drawn the attention of the U.S. government far too too much for me. It worries me that they seem to be on purpose drawing the attention from the U.S. government. And that means, yeah, they got a five, $5 billion fine, which is, well, one of the biggest fines out there uh, ever. But that doesn't mean that it's not gonna, they're not going to be watching them more. They, I think they are. But they are growing still strong, and their P.E. ratio is not super crazy. I mean, they're going to make nine dollars and thirty-three cents next year, and it's a hundred ninety-eight dollar stock. So you're only talking about you know a twenty PE, and that five-year range is sixteen to hundred. So it's on the low end. Great return on equity at twenty-eight percent. Good cash flow. Uh, it's interesting though that mutual funds have been. They had forty-one hundred and eighty-seven mutual funds a year ago, and most recent count was three thousand five hundred ninety-four. So a lot of mutual funds got out. I'm wondering if they're the same concern I am. But you asked a question. Do I think it has more to run? I do. But I think it's going to be a very bumpy ride. Facebook, FB. Their market cap is $566 million. One of the reasons I don't like Facebook also is how they, how, one of the their main way to make money is, you know, ads, um, advertisement. And the business model is, that they got to push ads on people that are trying to be, you know, trying to connect socially, you know, one way or another. And here ads are coming in that they're not anticipating, don't want, don't like, blah, blah, blah. Like a Google, the ad, you go search for things. So the ads are a natural consequence. Facebook, it's an intrusion. I don't like that kind of thing. It bothers me a little bit. Anyways, that's me. Okay, um, four cities you would like, you would like, you would like them, and that your Social Security check will cover the housing cost. Okay, number one, Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis has great food, great food, lots of entertainment. It's a food culture area, Memphis. Memphis is a food culture. Rent is $893 for a one-bedroom apartment. I kind of think I could do Memphis because I like food. <laughs> South Bend, Indiana. That's a college town. Notre Dame is there. Rent, $768. They have two performing arts centers in South Bend, Indiana. Springfield, Illinois. 
there's lots of history in Springfield, Illinois. The capital there is where Abe Lincoln was. That's the capital. Abe Lincoln was born. Got to have history. $870. Now, I don't know if I can handle South Bend, Indiana, and Springfield, Illinois because of the winters. Memphis is cold, but not nearly as, you know, not, not nearly as cold. The one I would favor would probably be Georgia. Columbus, Georgia. I like Georgia. There's lots of outdoor activities in Georgia. Hunting, fishing, hiking, camping, uh, you know, lots of different activities. Uh, the rent, $840 for one bedroom. So it's all about 800-ish, eight to 900-ish in a one-bedroom apartment. And so most people's Social Security check could will cover that and more. So that's why I say that's four places that your Social Security check will at least cover the cost. Boeing is up 4%. Boeing, you know the problems they've been having, right? Massive problem, problems with their 737 MAX 8 jet that's now offline. They can't even sell it right now. Um, <clears throat> can't, it's not being used. Uh, so Boeing's had a pretty tough time. The company will take in a, a nearly $5 billion charge on this. But they finally bounced, the stock bounced today, 4%. Finally. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another Investop program, everybody. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I'll be back here Tuesday. And please tell your investor friends that I will be meeting with listeners on September 19th in the New York City area, in downtown Manhattan, actually, right in Midtown. Register now at investtalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.